Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Tuesday, May 9th. Torah was meant to be lived out in community and in the context of relationships. A very effective way to study the Bible is in a small group doing a midrash or discussion. This helps you to go deeper into the Word as you take time to reflect on it, make connections from one scripture to another, and apply the scriptures to your personal walk. We have added a new feature on the Daily Audio Torah website. If you are involved in a small group Bible study or would like to start one, we can help you. We have added discussion questions for you to use when your group gathers. We will post discussion questions for every Shabbat reading, and they will be posted on the website a week in advance so you have time to read and prepare ahead of time. We have also posted guidelines for leaders and facilitators to help you grow your small group in a healthy way. Just go to the new pick on the menu, Discussion Questions, and you will find everything you need there to nurture and grow your small group. Have fun learning and growing in God's Word together in your small group. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Bahar, and it means on the mount, and Bakukotoy, and it means in my statutes. Leviticus 26, 1-13 You shall not make idols for yourselves, or set up for yourselves carved images or pillars, or place figured stones in your land to worship upon. For I, Hashem, am your God. You shall keep my Shabbats and venerate my sanctuary, mine, Hashem's. If you follow my laws and faithfully observe my commandments, I will grant your rains in their season so that the earth shall yield its produce and the trees of the field their fruit. Your threshing shall take overtake the vintage, and your vintage shall overtake the sowing. You shall eat your fill of bread and dwell securely in your land. I will grant peace in the land, and you shall lie down untroubled by anyone. I will give the land respite from vicious beasts, and no sword shall cross your land. You shall give chase to your enemies, and they shall fall before you by the sword. Five of you shall give chase to a hundred, and a hundred of you shall give chase to ten thousand. Your enemies shall fall before you by the sword. I will look with favor upon you, and make you fertile and multiply you. 
and I will maintain my covenant with you. You shall eat old grain long stored, and you shall have to clear out the old to make room for the new. I will establish my abode in your midst, and I will not spurn you. I will be ever-present in your midst. I will be your God, and you shall be my people. I, Hashem, am your God who brought you out from the land of the Egyptians to be their slaves no more, who broke the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. First Samuel 5, 1-7 17. When the Philistines captured the Ark of Hashem, they brought it from Evan Ha Ezer to Ashdod. The Philistines took the Ark of Hashem and brought it into the temple of Dagon, and they set it up beside Dagon. Early the next day, the Ashdodites found Dagon lying face down on the ground in front of the Ark of Hashem. They picked Dagon up and put him back in his place. But early the next morning, Dagon was again lying prone on the ground in front of the Ark of Hashem. The head and both hands of Dagon were cut off, lying on the threshold. Only Dagon's trunk was left intact. That is why, to this day, the priests of Dagon and all who enter the temple of Dagon do not tread on the threshold of Dagon in Ashdod. The hand of Hashem lay heavy upon the Ashdodites, and he wrought havoc among them. He struck Ashdod and its territory with hemorrhoids. When the men of Ashdod saw how matters stood, they said, The ark of the God of Israel must not remain with us, for his hand has dealt harshly with us and with our God Dagon. They sent messengers and assembled all the lords of the Philistines and asked, What shall we do with the ark of the God of Israel? They answered, Let the ark of the God of Israel be removed to Gath. So they moved the ark of the God of Israel to Gath. And after they had moved it, the hand of Hashem came against the city, causing great panic. He struck the people of the city, young and old, so that hemorrhoids broke out among them. Then they sent the Ark of Hashem to Ekron. But when the Ark of Hashem came to Ekron, the Ekronites cried out, They have moved the Ark of the God of Israel to us to slay us and our kindred. They too sent messengers and assembled all the lords of the Philistines and said, Send the Ark of the God of Israel away and let it return to its own place, that it may not slay us and our kindred. For the panic of death pervaded the whole city. So heavily had the hand of Hashem fallen there, and the men who did not die were stricken with hemorrhoids. The outcry of the city went up to heaven. The Ark of Hashem remained in the territory of the Philistines seven months. Then the Philistines summoned the priests and the diviners and asked, What shall we do about the Ark of Hashem? Tell us with what we shall send it off to its own place. They answered, If you are going to send the ark of the God of Israel away, do not send it away without anything. You must also pay an indemnity to him. Then you will be healed, and he will make himself known to you. Otherwise his hand will not turn away from you. 
They asked, What is the indemnity that we should pay to him? They answered, Five golden hemorrhoids and five golden mice, corresponding to the number of the lords of the Philistines. But the same plague struck all of you and your lords. You shall make figures of your hemorrhoids and of the mice that are ravaging your land. Thus you shall honor the God of Israel, and perhaps he will lighten the weight of his hand upon you and your gods and your land. Don't harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts. As you know, when he made a mockery of them, they had to let Israel go and they departed. Therefore, get a new cart ready and two milch cows that have not borne a yoke. Harness the cows to the cart, but take back indoors the calves that follow them. Take the ark of Hashem and place it on the ark, on the cart, and put next to it, in a chest, the gold objects you are paying him as indemnity. Send it off and let it go its own way. Then watch. If it goes up the road to Bet Shemesh, to his own territory, it was he who has inflicted the great harm on us. But if not, we shall know that it was not his hand that struck us. It just happened to us by chance. The men did so. They took two milch cows and harnessed them to the cart and shut up their calves indoors. They placed the ark of Hashem on the cart together with the chest, the golden mice, and the figures of their hemorrhoids. The cows went straight ahead along the road to Bet Shemesh. They went along a single high road, lowing as they went, and turning off neither to the right nor to the left. And the lords of the Philistines walked behind them as far as the border of Bet Shemesh. The people of Bet Shemesh were reaping their wheat harvest in the valley. They looked up and saw the ark, and they rejoiced when they saw it. The cart came into the field of Joshua of Bet Shemesh, and it stopped there. They split up the wood of the ark of the cart and presented the cows as a burnt offering to Hashem. A large stone was there, and the Leviim took down the ark of Hashem and the chest beside it containing the gold objects and placed them on the large stone. Then the men of Bet Shemesh presented burnt offerings and other sacrifices to Hashem that day. The five lords of the Philistines saw this and returned the same day to Ekron. The following were the golden hemorrhoids that the Philistines paid as an indemnity to Hashem. For Ashdod, one. For Gaza, one. For Ashkelon, one. For Gath, one. For Ekron, one. As for the golden mice, their number accorded with all the Philistine towns that belonged to the five lords, both fortified towns and unwalled villages, as far as the great stone on which the Ark of Hashem was set down to this day, in the field of Joshua of Beit Shemesh. Hashem struck at the men of Beit Shemesh because they looked into the Ark of Hashem. He struck down seventy men among the people and fifty thousand men. The people mourned, for he had inflicted a great slaughter upon the population. And the men of Bet Shemesh asked, Who can stand in attendance on Hashem, this holy Hashem, and to whom shall he go up from us? They sent messengers to the inhabitants of Kiriat Jerem to say, The Philistines have sent back the Ark of Hashem. Come down and take it into your keeping. The men of Kiriat Jerem came and took up the Ark of Hashem 
and brought it into the house of Abinadab on the hill. And they consecrated his son Eleazar to have charge of the ark of Hashem. A long time elapsed from the day that the ark was housed in Kiriat-Jerim, twenty years in all. And all the house of Israel yearned after Hashem. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you mean to return to Hashem with all your heart, you must remove the alien gods and the Asherah from your midst, and direct your heart to Hashem and serve Him alone. Then He will deliver you from the hands of the Philistines. And the Israelites removed the Balaam and Ashtaroth, and they served Hashem alone. Samuel said, Assemble all Israel at Mitzpah, and I will pray to Hashem for you. They assembled at Mitzpah, and they drew water and poured it out before Hashem. They fasted that day, and there they confessed that they had sinned against Hashem. And Samuel acted as chieftain of the Israelites at Mitzpah. When the Philistines heard that the Israelites had assembled at Mitzpah, the lords of the Philistines marched out against Israel. Hearing of this, the Israelites were terrified of the Philistines, and they implored Samuel, Do not neglect us, and do not refrain from crying out to Hashem our God to save us from the hands of the Philistines. Thereupon Samuel took a suckling lamb and sacrificed it as a whole burnt offering to Hashem. And Samuel cried out to Hashem in behalf of Israel, and Hashem responded to him. For as Samuel was presenting the burnt offering, and the Philistines advanced to attack Israel, Hashem thundered mightily against the Philistines that day. He threw them into confusion, and they were routed by Israel. The men of Israel sallied out of Mitzpah and pursued the Philistines, striking them down to a point below beth Samuel took a stone and set it up between Mitzpah and Shen, and named it Evan Ha-Ezer. For up to now, he said, Hashem has helped us. The Philistines were humbled and did not invade the territory of Israel again, and the hand of Hashem was set against the Philistines as long as Samuel lived. The towns which the Philistines had taken from Israel, from Ekron to Gath, were restored to Israel. Israel recovered all her territory from the Philistines. There was also peace between Israel and the Amorites. Samuel judged Israel as long as he lived. Each year he made the rounds of Bet-El, Gilgal, and Mitzpah, and acted as judge over Israel at all those places. Then he would return to Ramah, for his home was there, and there too he would judge Israel. He built a Mitzpah, an altar there to Hashem. John 6, 1-21 After these things Yeshua went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him, because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were diseased. And Yeshua went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. 
When Yeshua then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come to him, he said to Philip, Whence shall we buy bread, that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. When Philip answered him, Two hundred pennyworth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon's brother, said to him, There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Yeshua said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about five thousand. And Yeshua took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sitting down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said to his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together, and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Yeshua did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. When Yeshua therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when evening was now come, his disciples went down to the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea toward Capernaum. And it was now dark, and Yeshua was not come to them. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and twenty or thirty furlongs, they saw Yeshua walking on the open sea and drawing near to the ship, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, be not afraid. Then they willingly received him into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land where they went. Psalm 106, 13-31 They, Israel, soon forgot his works. They waited not for his counsel, but lusted exceedingly in the wilderness, and tempted God in the desert. And he gave them their request, but sent leanness into their soul. They envied Moses also in the camp, and Aaron the saint of the Lord. The earth opened and swallowed up Dathan and covered the company of Abiram. And a fire was kindled in their company. The flame burned up the wicked. They made a calf in Horeb and worshipped the molten image. Thus they changed their glory into the similitude of an ox that eats grass. They forgot God their Savior, which had done great things in Egypt, wondrous works in the land of Ham, and terrible things by the Red Sea. Therefore he said that he would destroy them, had not Moses his chosen stood before him in the breach, to turn away his wrath, lest he should destroy them. Yes, they despised the pleasant land, they believed not his word, but murmured in their tents, and hearkened not unto the voice of the Lord. Therefore he lifted up his hand against them to overthrow them in the wilderness, to overthrow their seed also among the nations, and to scatter them in the lands. 
They joined themselves also unto Baal Peor, and ate the sacrifices of the dead. Thus they provoked him to anger with their inventions, and the plague broke in upon them. They stood up, Phineas, and executed judgment, and so the plague was stopped. And that was counted unto him for righteousness unto all generations for evermore. Proverbs 14, 32 and 33. The wicked is driven away in his wickedness, but the righteous has hope in his death. Wisdom rests in the heart of him that has understanding, but that which is in the midst of fools is made known. I'd like to speak to you today from our Torah portion reading from Leviticus 26, and then we're going to jump into 1 Samuel chapter 5 through 7. And in Leviticus chapter 26, these opening verses, verses 1 to 13, are the blessings for obedience to the Lord and to his word. And then tomorrow we're going to read what are the curses or the judgments for rebellion, for disobedience, for turning away from the Lord. And so I want to zoom in now on verse 4 where it says, I will grant your rains in their season, so that the earth shall yield its produce, and the trees of the field their fruit. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Israel depends heavily on rain in order to grow its crops, as it does not have an independent body of water, which can provide sufficient irrigation. Water can be the source of great blessing, But at the wrong times, too much or too little water can also be a curse. In this verse, Hashem promises that if the children of Israel follow his commandments and do what he asks of them, he will bless them with the right amount of water at the right times in order to provide an abundance of crops. In Hebrew, this rain is called Gishme Baracha, rain of blessing. And in verse 6, it goes on to say, I will grant peace in the land, and you shall lie down untroubled by anyone. I will give the land respite from vicious beasts, and no sword shall cross your land. And again, this is one of the blessings for being obedient to the Lord and to his word. Now I want to jump into 1 Samuel chapters 5 through 7. And in these chapters, we see a description of what happens to the Philistines after they've captured the Ark. And it seems rather unusual and strange, but what begins to happen is um, God judges the people. And first, he causes the idol Dagon to fall over and to topple over. They set the Ark of the Covenant right next to it. And it happened several times in the one of the days when it falls over, then the head and the arms are cut off, and it's just the trunk that's left. And so then the people begin to get hemorrhoids, and mice ravage the land. And so ultimately and eventually, the Philistines say, let's get rid of this ark and let's send it on its way. So they put the ark in a cart, and it's led by two milk cows. And they say, well, if it goes towards Bet Shemesh, which is a Jewish community, then we know that the ark is meant to go back to them. And of course, the cows 
turn up the road towards Bet Shemesh. So in chapter 5, verse 1, it reads, When the Philistines captured the Ark of Hashem, they brought it from Evan Ha-Ezer to Ashdod. And so the commentary to this from the Israel Bible reads as follows. The coastal city of Ashdod is located in the land allocated to the tribe of Yehuda. However, it is conquered by the invading Philistines and becomes one of their strongholds. Modern Ashdod was built on the same site in 1956. One of the largest cities in Israel, it welcomes tourists from around the world who come both for its commerce and its beaches. It is truly a miracle that the city, once conquered by Philistines in ships, now hosts the largest port of the state of Israel, thus providing tremendous economic support to the entire nation. So Ashdod is on the coast. Continuing on, uh, we've talked about how the Philistines want to get rid of the Ark because it's bringing all these uh, hemorrhoids and rats throughout the land, mice throughout the land. And so then they are going to, they put the Ark on a wooden cart and it's pulled by two milk cows. And so in verse, chapter six of verse nine, it says, well, let's start with verse eight. Take the Ark of Hashem and place it on the cart and put next to it, in it, a chest the gold objects you are paying him as indemnity. Send it off and let it go its own way. Then watch. If it goes up the road to Bet Shemesh, to his own territory, it was he who inflicted this great harm on us. But if not, we shall know that it was not his hand that struck us. It just happened to us by chance. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows, to Bet Shemesh. Bet Shemesh, west of Jerusalem, is in the territory of Judah, from Joshua 15, and is one of the cities set aside for the Leviim. In 1948, the area was significant in the fighting between Arabs and Jews. It was from this area that 35 fighters set off to try to rescue the besieged Jewish communities in Gush Etzion. They were discovered and massacred by Arabs before completing their mission. Shortly after the War of Independence, a new Jewish community was built in Bet Shemesh. It was first settled by immigrants from Iran, Iraq, and Morocco, and later by a large Russian and Ethiopian population. In more recent years, many North American Jews have made their home in the biblical city of Bet Shemesh. And now in chapter 7, I want to look at a couple of verses, verses 3 and 4. And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you mean to return to Hashem with all your heart, you must remove the alien gods and the Ashtoreth from your midst and direct your heart to Hashem and serve Him alone. Then He will deliver you from the hands of the Philistines. And the Israelites removed the Balaam, and the Ashtoreth, and they served Hashem alone. And it sounds so simple, and yet it is so profound. They had fallen into idolatry and were serving other gods, false gods, fake gods. And Samuel gave them the instruction, 
Turn away from those false gods and return to the one and only true God. And in the book, The Return of the Gods, written by Jonathan Kahn, he outlines in great detail about the return of these ancient gods, that how they have manifested in particularly the U.S. In just in the last 20 or 30 years. And he talks about an unholy trinity. And the unholy trinity would be Baal, Ashtoreth, or Ishtar, and finally Molech. And that these gods are very predominant in our culture to today. And Baal is all about greed and the pursuit of money, materialism, pride, status, power. Ashtoreth, or Ishtar, is, is uh, all about sexual immorality, blurring the boundaries, having free sex, casual sex, um, temple prostitution in ancient times is what it was about. And then you get into the LGBTQ transgenderism push with child mutilation. And that's Ishtoreth, the spirit of Ish. Ishtar is behind that. And then finally we have Molech. And Molech was the god that demanded blood. And in ancient times, they would literally walk up to the base of the statue and throw their little baby or toddler into the statue and burn it alive. And today, that would be the abortion industry. And so, if there is a remnant of God's people listening, to these scriptures today, we are called to turn away from these horrible, bloody, evil gods and to turn to the one and only true living God, to the God of Israel. We see these other fake false gods promoted in the media, in movies, in cartoons, in video games, veiled thinly but the evil spirits are certainly behind them. And that's what opens the door to demons. And I truly believe demons are very, very actively manifesting in our culture and in our nation today and throughout the nations. The demons are very active. They know that their time here is short. Uh, The Antichrist is probably very much alive and will soon be revealed, and will soon be in power. And he's granted only 1,260 days, 42 months, three and a half years for his season of power. And at the end of that three and a half year period, he will be destroyed and unseated and dealt with by Yeshua himself. So the Antichrist and his demons, I believe the demons are very active today. And they manifest through individuals, through people, through nations, in the culture, in the in the media, the legacy media. And um, we just have to really stand strong and resist. And we must renew our minds with the word of God. Take a shower, so to speak, to be cleansed from the filth and the sludge and the mud and the sewage of the world. Even listening to the news anymore is like crawling in a sewer. 
it's just disgusting to hear the level of depravity that is going on. And so this is why I love spending time in the Word every single day. And I hope you do too, because it cleanses, it purifies. It is like taking a nice hot shower to be cleaned on the inside with the Word of God. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you tomorrow. Shalom. Adonai Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.